In most developed countries, we're spending up to 90% of our time indoors. And it seems that as humans, we really miss that connection to the natural environment. Enter biophilic design, a design approach that connects the natural environment to the buildings we live and work in while improving well-being. Welcome to Renewable Future from the Renewable Materials Company, Store Ensom. Biophilia, it means love of nature. It's, it comes from the Greek word phileo, which is, is one of four Greek words for love. Stephen Richardson is the director for the Europe region of the World Green Building Council. And, and so for me, biophilic design is design that inherently builds on an appreciation of, of nature. It's about bringing the sort of beauty and the positive attributes of nature into our design process. You know, whether it's to do with the shape and form of the building, uh, it might be to do with the, the materials we use, uh, it could be to do with the, the space plan, the layout, how the building appears visually, and then obviously also the quality of the environment. So um, the, the thermal quality, the, the, the air quality, the, the lighting quality, all of those things are, are encompassed in this idea of biophilic design. So it's a very broad concept. The World Green Building Council then is a network of some 36,000 organisations all working for a sustainable built environment. Its members include everyone involved in building, from product manufacturers to investors to designers, all the way to the demolition companies at the end of life. We work with governments and with um, with the industry and with, with academia, uh, yeah, to make sustainable buildings uh, available for everyone everywhere. That's our mission. Richardson and the World Green Building Council are very interested in biophilic design for a number of reasons. There's a, a lot of research going on at the moment around this topic, and it's, it's fair to say it's quite a new research area. Um, so what we do see is that there are studies that, that demonstrate that uh, when buildings take a, a biophilic approach, that has positive effects on those who interact with the, with the building. There have been studies where they've looked in the context of healthcare. Um, you know, even just having a window that looks out onto a, a natural vista, a natural landscape, whether it's trees, grass, water, ha- have positive effects on people's recovery rates. But also in a commercial setting, you know, looking at for example, productivity levels. It's possible to measure um, how people's concentr- concentration, their their ability to focus on tasks, um, their their productivity when conducting tasks, how that is boosted by, you know, whether it's the the, the levels of daylight, uh, whether it's the the level of fresh air in the building, the air quality. These are the the quantitative things that we can we can measure. Anto Kawanen is a business development manager at Store Enso, and obviously enough, he takes a particular interest in the raw materials used in biophilic design. And here, there's also a lot of research showing clear results in terms of the benefits that biophilic design and raw materials like wood bring. People living or working in wooden buildings are actually performing better. They are more productive and have lower heart rates as well as improved ability to focus. And the research which has taken place over the past decades has shown that the positive health and well-being impacts of uh, 
natural materials are there. So the spaces with wood uh, help us to reduce our stress level, aggression and blood pressure. And it even improves the ability for us to concentrate. And there's actual proof on that. I mean, are there any examples that you could share? There is a recent Australian study which shows that employees um, uh, working in environment with exposed wood feel more connected to nature. They have more positive association with their workplace. They have less. Uh, they need to take less leave. Um, they have higher levels of concentration, well-being happiness and even personal productivity. As a result, productivity has shown to be increased by 8% and the rates of, of well-being by 13%. So what does this look like from an architect's perspective? How practically do you incorporate nature into the design of your buildings? Selina Antonen from Antonen Oiva Architects firm in Finland says the term is new, but the concept not so much. The name itself is, hasn't been used for such a long time, but then again, uh, the content of it has been there, like present in the very fundaments of architecture. I think it's about making and strengthening the connection with many aspects and levels of nature. And then I think it's at the same time uh, creating architecture with the truly human approach. Like So it's very human-centered. And it's about sort of direct experiences with the actual surroundings, sort of physical, natural conditions. For example, creating a good natural light condition or providing views to the surroundings or the surrounding nature. Why are people talking about it now? Because there does seem to be quite a lot of talk about biophilic design. With the mega trend of urbanization, I think people feel that they have lost a little bit the connection to the nature, and and uh, and at the same time, there has been a lot of studies showing the importance and the benefits of the nature contact and biodiversity. And I think people have realized that there's a clear connection to our physical and mental health, performance, and well-being. Antonin and Oiva Architects are in fact the ones who have designed what will be Stora Enso's new head office in Helsinki, a building using a biophilic design approach. I think there are many levels you need to consider and on urban scale I think it's always important to create a building that is at one with its surroundings to try to create a strong sense of place and identity for the building. And in this case of Sturanso headquarters, the, the sea, the archipelago and the built national landscape around the building. And it's about using the natural materials and textures and, and as massive wood and natural stone. But uh, it's on the other hand, it's as well about like this I- indirect experiences, like the spatial quality of the interior and the spatial language and the materials used. And they sort of evoke the atmosphere or tranquility and not mimic nature, but evoke the feelings of nature. And in this case, we were very inspired by Nordic forest. Uh, I think what is important is to make environments and buildings where the users want to actively participate in. And in this specific case, there are lots of like um, outdoor spaces that have introduced inside the building or around the building. And inner gardens and accessible outdoor landscape grounds, terraces and rooftop gardens. And, and they sort of refer the familiar and recognizable uh, Finnish nature types. The materials then for biophilic design, what should they be? Stephen Richardson from the World Green Building Council. Yes, yeah, so materials have a, a really important role to play in, in all aspects of design. And particularly when we think about 
biophilic design and about the health and well-being of occupants, it, you know, it starts at the very basic level of are these materials, are they causing harm or are they benefiting human health? And in a biophilic approach, it would obviously be, be thinking about how we can use use natural materials, which typically, not universally, but typically are better for human health. Um, they, they don't tend to emit toxins in the way that some man-made materials do. But it, it's, it's not as simple as saying, you know, natural is, is always better than, than man-made. We, we, need to, we need to look at the science, we need to look at the evidence. So that, that's, that's one area, air quality. But then, you know, if we expand our scope and, and think about some of these other areas of, of, you know, what it means to design in a way that that builds on the appreciation of nature, builds on the value of nature, then we can also think about, you know, the idea of the, the patterns of, of, of nature, the textures of, of nature that, that stimulate a response, a physiological response in, in us. So that could be simply being able to see natural materials, uh, which could be, could be wood, um, could be, you know, stone, could be other, other natural materials, water. Having sight of these materials, you know, will have a, an effect on our well-being. So thinking about materials in a, in a holistic way is really important. And obviously for us, it, it also is about the environmental impacts of those materials. You know, we're not just thinking about health and well-being and, and we need to choose materials that, you know, aren't, aren't contributing to climate change. Um, and, and again, wood is one of the materials that has a lot of potential to help us in, in the fight against climate change. If, if we steward our forests well and we're, you know, we're using timber in a, in a sustainable way, and if we're doing the, the due diligence of, of life cycle assessment and all of the, the science and, and, and evidence behind that, then using, using timber, increasing our sustainable use of timber is one way that we can uh, support our efforts to reduce climate change but we also need to think about about resource and circularity and and again that's an area that affects wood as much as it affects other materials we need to think about the sustainable use at, you know at end of life a timber beam that's been in a building for for 50 years you know it is largely unchanged there's no real reason why we shouldn't be able to reuse that beam rather than have to downcycle it into something else um, so again that's an area that we need to think about when we're selecting and specifying materials. Stora Enso's new building in Helsinki is also making use of materials that are connected to the natural environment around it. Selina Antonin. Oh, well, in this particular case, I think it's one of the most important issues because the tactile feeling of wood and, and, and the massive presence of wood is very, very important to create this like holistic feeling in the interior. And then as well, the different like... Uh, ways of using and, and showing the like very flexible uh, visual effect of wood is, is important as well. And then with these like light shafts or, or like central atrium that helps people to experience the building and in the wayfinding. And uh, the formal languages is, is as well sort of highlighting the, the building and, and easy people to use the building. And then as well, the, the language refers to the forest kind of space or, or sort of evokes the feelings of, of forest kind of space mm, and of course the wood of wooden material is very natural and, and Nordic, Nordic wood used. And the owner of this new building is Varma, one of Finland's largest mutual pension insurance companies and as a real estate owner they're making a conscious decision to invest in biophilic design. Sari Raunio 
is their real estate development director. We are fully committed to climate change mitigation and reducing our carbon footprint across entire operation and full investment portfolio. So responsible practices are implemented in all areas of the real estate business. So leasing, maintenance, real estate investments and construction also. And we are also joined the uh, net zero carbon building commitment and the target of carbon neutral buildings by 2030. Uh, biophilic design can be seen as part of sustainability and uh, biophilic design has health and environmental and economic benefits for building occupants and also urban environments. So Varma as a company puts sustainability at the core of its business. They're thinking long term, so biophilic design suits their way of thinking. But Raunio also says that in Finland and within Finnish real estate, Sustainability is one of a few major trends right now. Well, I think it's uh, sustainability and um, carbon neutrality and energy efficiency also. They are a few keywords, but uh, also I think the dynamic and attractive urban spaces and indoor and outdoor social gathering places are also important. And of course, nowadays, uh, the new way of working including remote work and flexible working, are growing trends, showing actually in both apartment and office sectors. And Many of those points fit with biophilic design, which is a good thing because the building sector has not been the most environmentally friendly. And by 2060, the global housing stock will need to have doubled to house the growing global population. So the sustainability question is becoming increasingly urgent. Anto Kauanen. In order to address material scarcity and avoid increasing greenhouse gas emissions from the building sector, we need low-carbon materials and building solutions. As per today, the building sector remains highly dependent on non-renewable and carbon-intensive materials, but there are already solutions uh, with based on renewable and low-carbon products that contribute to a more sustainably built environment. And Of course, biophilic design is there to support this. A final point to all of this is that the need to connect with nature has become even more evident in recent months. Almost all the interviewees for this podcast referred to the effects of the coronavirus on the design of the buildings that we live and work in. Here's Anto Kauanen from Store Enso. This is a critical time and opportunity to consider how we can use the power of nature to induce a sense of calm for people within our buildings. And wood provides an excellent solution. In a post-COVID-19 world, the emotional well-being will become more important than ever. Regardless of what our buildings look like in the future, it makes sense that we need to give more thought on how they make us feel. Considering we spend majority of our days indoors, we can use biophilic design to support our emotional well-being. I also think that it is known that wood has antibacterial properties as lignin that binds the fibers together uh, has an antibacterial effect. If these antibacterial materials can be used in buildings and contact surfaces of, for example, office space, we can reduce the transmission of various diseases spread by hand. There are many insights and practical applications that could be developed from these antibacterial properties. Stephen Richardson of the World Green Building Council agrees that biophilic design is especially relevant at this unusual time. 
and he sees some other possible effects. We've seen this year how, how quickly things can and do change when, uh, when unexpected circumstances arise. It's possible that the, you know, the coronavirus pandemic will actually you know, catalyze an acceleration in that, in that shift towards biophilic design. It's certainly pushed health and well-being, air quality, um, uh, you know, infection control, it's pushed that right up the agenda. The evidence does show that um, as we reduce the pollutants uh, in in the air around us, whether that's indoor or outdoor, that reduces virus transmission. And so, uh, you know, I think that will become a really important driver of um, health and well-being in the in the built environment. So the term may be new, but it's here to stay. As the global need for housing stock increases. We wish and hope to see biophilic design making even more ground. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Renewable Future from the Renewable Materials Company, Storenso. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas for new programmes or any comments you may have. Mail to podcast at storeenso.com. Stephen Richardson from the World Green Building Council agrees and sees other possible effects.